Hello and welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 35. Thanks for being here. Man, people, it's been a busy, busy week with work and kids and puppies and my other podcast. You want to know how busy it's been? Some of you may recall either from... I think it was the last episode or the episode before, or maybe something I put on Twitter. I recently became an owner of an Atari 7800 for the first time in my ever-increasing life. I quickly discovered, as I've been told, that the controllers for the Atari 7800 are awful, and I set about getting myself an Edlad adapter for some Sega Genesis controllers. I've been so busy that I've had that adapter sitting here for over a week and I have still not tried it out. That's how busy I am these days. I am so busy that I am recording this episode very late indeed in the evening on a work night just so I can get this thing done and get it out to you, my loyal listener. That's how much I love you people. I hope you appreciate it because I appreciate you. And clearly it's very late at night because I'm getting all mushy. So Let's move on to the funny stuff. In other news, this week's Atari Movie Update is... Say it with me. There is no Atari Movie Update. Honestly, the news broke in May that they were making these Missile Command and Centipede movies. And then it's like, instead they made a movie of just crickets chirping. Because there's been no news, at least not that I've seen, since then. Granted, developing movies takes a very long time. But I do kind of still wonder why there isn't anything, again, that I've seen as far as who's going to write these things. Hint, hint. I know who's available. You know, anything about when they're going to be released or when they're going to start shooting or how the casting's going to go. You know, is this going to be like a 10-year project or something? All I know is the longer they go without announcing a screenwriter for either of these movies, the greater chance I have as Lloyd Christmas... And Dumb and Dumber said, at least you're telling me I have a chance. Eh, keep dreaming, Bill. Alright, moving on. This week's game is... Oink! From Activision. 1983. I don't know how they pronounced that word when this game came out, but it seems to me the only way you can say... Oink! Is by saying... Oink! Because if you try it any other way, like in, uh... Oink, or oink, or oink. See, well, let's see if that, now that one sounded more like my original one. That's what it sounds like. So that's what I'm going with. This week we're playing oink from Activision. I don't know where I first heard about this game. I don't think it was one that I heard of as a kid. I certainly never played it as a kid, and I don't remember hearing about it. Although, as I say that, I am suddenly getting an image of my mind of one of those little catalogs games that came with, you know, some other game that you could kind of flip through and get an idea of what you wanted your parents to buy you for Christmas. And maybe I did see this in one of those catalogs. Although, apparently, it didn't catch my eye enough to bug Mom and Dad or to mark that page in the Sears Christmas Wish Book catalog that every kid of a certain generation used to make their letter to Santa and or their parents about what they wanted for Christmas. So, I'm looking at the manual. The Atari Age site posting for Oink 
has a very cool rendering of the manual. Front cover has a pig with tools like he's building a house and the wolf is driving down the road in a truck called BB Wolf Demolition. And all throughout the manual there are illustrations, little cartoony illustrations of the wolf and the pig in this little uh, yard where the house is. Um, it's just kind of caught me by surprise how um, fun this particular manual is. A, a lot of the manuals, of course, had graphics or you know, had artwork and stuff like that. But this one seems to go out of its way to be sort of cartoony and, and you know illustrations like you would see in a kid's picture book, which I suppose fits given that it's a video game rendition of the Three Little Pigs. Spoiler, that's what's going on here. It's the Three Little Pigs. So. Reading from the manual, the object of the game is to score as many points as possible by helping the pigs patch their houses, thereby protecting them from Bigelow B. Wolf. On this page, by the way, Bigelow is sitting with an angry look on his face and his paw clenched in a fist, but he's leaning up against a barrel of something marked explosives with what appears to me to be a lit fuse attached to it which seems like very poor explosive safety, but, you know, if a wolf has developed the ability to walk and talk and an interest in wearing clothes and is able to plot against house-building pigs, I suppose you can cut them a little slack on being somewhat unfamiliar with how explosives work. So, the object of the game is to score as many points as possible, duh, by helping the pigs patch their houses, thereby protecting them from Bigelow B. Wolf. Then there's all the standard instructions about hooking up the video games, turning the power on, plugging the joystick. Set both difficulty switches to B to begin. Select game with game select switch. Game 1 is a one-player game controlling the pig versus the computer wolf. Game 2 is a two-player game taking turns controlling the pig versus computer wolf. Game 3 is a two-player game taking turns controlling the pig and the wolf. The joystick controller is held with the red button in the upper left position. Do-da, do-da. Seriously, I'm going to get some music for that. Move the joystick to your left to move the pig to the left, to the right to move your pig right, and up and down to move your pig up and down the screen. Press the red button to grab an object. Release the button to drop it in place as a patch. The objects being the bricks. I'm maybe jumping ahead here, but that's the object they're talking about. You move bricks, which are supposed to be either straw or wood or actual bricks, to patch the holes that the wolf is blowing in your house. That's me talking, by the way. I am jumping ahead. To start a new game, press Game Reset. Wait for the pig to walk to the center of its house. Move the joystick to bring out the wolf and start the action. With the difficulty switches in the A position, your pig must walk down to the wall to drop an object in place. In the B position, they can drop objects in place from any point on the screen. When playing game 3, the wolf will huff and puff a little slower if your difficulty switch is in the A position. When I played, I played the version where you could drop an object from anywhere on the screen. Scoring. Points are earned every time your pig drops an object in place in the wall. Objects in the first row are worth 4 points each. Point values for each object increase by 4 with each new row. For example, in row 6, each object is worth 24 points. In row 7, each object is worth 28 points. I'm a little confused by that because I never saw more than three rows of bricks. So perhaps I was doing something wrong. Special features of Oink 
Three little pigs, three little houses. Each pig defends its own house. The first house is made of straw, so it's yellow. The second house is made of sticks, so it's brown. The third house is made of bricks, so it is red. Each time you lose a pig, you move to the next house and the next pig. The wolf who huffs and puffs. Whether your house is made of straw or sticks or bricks, the wolf will try to blow it down to get to the pig. Kind of single-minded that way. He'll blow a little hole here, then a little hole there, and if you don't keep up with the wolf, which I gotta tell you, it's kind of impossible, he'll turn little holes into big holes, then he'll chase after your pig. Which, before I started playing it, I took to mean that the wolf would like come in the house and chase you around and had to catch you that way, but that's not what it means at all. It means he blows his breath, and which on the screen looks like a laser shooting out of his nose, and then he seems to like tractor beam you to his gaping maw of a killer croc face. And then inexplicably, you just kind of scamper away. Which brings us to losing a pig. If your pig is struck by the wolf's breath, he will fall down to the bottom of the wall, losing precious time. And if the hole is wide enough for the pig to fit through, the wolf's breath will take him right out onto the lawn. And then you've lost a pig. Row after row after row. Every time a row of objects is used up, a new row appears. With each new row, point values increase. But as they do, the wolf gets tougher and tougher. If you can't beat him, join him. You and a friend can take turns helping the wolf in his home-wrecking crusade. In game number three, each player will alternatively have three turns to help, three turns helping the wolf, and three turns helping the pigs. Points are scored only while you're helping the pigs. Well, that seems a little unfair. At the end of the game, total scores are shown for both players. Join the Activision Oinkers! If you reach a score of 25,000 points or more in game one, you will be eligible to join the Honorary Oinkers. Simply send us a picture of the TV screen showing your score, along with your name and address, and we'll send you the official Oinkers patch. Tell you, someday, maybe, you know, if I get rich and I retire from my day job early, I'm going to devote myself to just writing letters to all of these video game companies to cash in on some of these 30-year-old high-score patches, because I didn't get diddly when I was a kid back in the day, and I think I am due some stinking point patches. Anyway, moving on. Ooh, now we get a special message from Michael Lee Lorenzen. How to oink your way into the oinkers club. Tips from Mike Lorenzen, designer of oink. Then we have a picture of somebody who appears to be about 12 years old, but we're told that this is Mike Lorenzen. Joined the Activision design team in January 1982. He has an extensive background in video game design, and we are pleased to introduce his first work on behalf of Activision. If you're helping the pigs, it's really crucial that you're quick, yet calm. You'll soon realize your pig doesn't need to run all around to get the job done. Just never let a gap get wide enough for a pig to fit through. Anytime a wide space forms, be sure to drop a few objects into it. Keep your pig at the overhead patch supply for quick access. You'll soon find out that he doesn't have to be directly under an object to take it, just in the general vicinity. That should save your pig a few steps. Try not to get into the habit of pressing the red button once to grab an object and then once again to release it. It's much more efficient to hold the button down after you've pressed it to grab an object. Then move the pig into position and release the button to drop the object into place. If you'd rather help the wolf, reverse your strategy. You'll want to blow open a gap as wide as possible. Notice that there are three layers of objects. If you blend one object away, don't move. You're already in position to blow out the two remaining objects above it and watch the pig. If he's heading toward the newly created hole, blow him down too! Exclamation point. Whether you play the good guy or the bad guy, practice is the real key. But when you need a break, drop me a line. I'll look forward to hearing from you. 
Oh, I will, Mike Lorenzen. Soon as I retire, buddy, you're getting a letter from me. I'll be waiting for my oinkers patch. Okay. So, that's oink. Making a video game out of the Three Little Pigs story is sort of the inverse of what we do here at Atari Bytes. And then I give reality one more good twist by making a story out of a video game made out of a story. MC Escher ain't got nothing on me. I could envision a whole series of these sort of nursery rhyme, fairy tale based games. I can't wait to play Little Miss Muffet, which would maybe be a Yar's Revenge sort of thing. The Yar weapon, the name of which escapes me right now, is the spider. And the barrier, that red thing that pulses around the bad guy, the bad that the bad guy hides behind, that thing is the tuffet. So along came a spider, sat down beside her right there on that tuffet. And then kablooey, Yar's Revenge. Or maybe there could be an Atari version of Hey Diddle Diddle. It could be sort of a Frogger kind of thing. Jack Be Nimble could be a Mario Brothers knockoff. Maybe Jack and uh, Hortense Be Nimble or something. I don't know. I'll work on the names. Goldilocks and the Three Bears is prime for a Pac-Man style port. These power pellets are too chewy. These power pellets are too blinky. But these power pellets are just right. Wanna 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 wanna. But right now, oink is our focus. So after the break, we bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy ate roast beef. So the cows killed him. Because in the barnyard, you do not eat your own. So, Oink is an interesting looking game. You've got the pigs, which are very obviously pigs. And then you've got the wolf, who really appears to be less wolf and more bipedal crocodile? Perhaps Killer Croc moonlighting in an innocuous little Activision game? Also, he's got these weird vacant demonic eyes and instead of blowing on the house appears to be firing lasers out of its nose? Some sort of booger laser? The house looks okay, I guess. You can tell it's supposed to be a house or a barn or something. This one is yellow, of course. This is being the straw house, although what you're throwing at the wolf appears to be bricks, not straw. Limitation of the graphics, of course. Oh, you almost got me. Oh, it's almost bacon. Ooh, that was close. Perspective is weird, too. He's trying to blow your house down, but he looks like... Ooh. Hope that ham was tasty. Okay, now we're in the wood house. 
even though the killer croc is trying to blow your house down, it looks like he's in the basement trying to blow your floor up. Sort of odd. You can tell what they're going for, but again, it's kind of a limitation of the graphics. scampers way after the wolf gets him. Is he kosher now? I'm very confused. Well, with that confusion, back to you in the studio. Okay, so Oink is an odd little game. Strangely addictive though. The sounds, you know, if you notice the audio in that field report, it sounds more like a combat type game than I would expect from a cute little farmyard fairy tale nursery rhyme game. Bigelow B. Wolf, that's his name, right? Bigelow Wolf? Yeah. Bigelow B. Wolf even appears to be shooting lasers out of his nose rather than blowing on the house. And as I noted in the field report, he's really more of a killer croc sort of demonic reptile thing than a wolf. But no matter. The perspective is weird too. I think I mentioned that in the field report. Instead of having the pig on one side of a wall, on like one half of the screen, and the wolf on the other side of the screen, facing each other, with a wall in between, obviously, it looks like the pig is up on one level, and Killer Croc is down in the basement, shooting up through the floor. So it's very weird. I realize that's just a limitation of the graphics of the time, and it really doesn't affect the gameplay, I guess, other than just looking sort of odd, at least to me. So... It's a fun little game. I didn't really know what to expect. It's probably not a game I'm going to play over and over again, but it's one of those kind of games where if you get it out to show somebody... I don't know that my kids have actually played this one yet, but if I get it out to show them, I can see sitting there for a few minutes just kind of messing around with it, because, like I said, it's so simplistic that it's addictive. Okay, so obviously The Three Little Pigs is already a story. But what's the story within that story? What's the nougat inside this literary candy bar? To release our nougat, wait, that sounds bad, we must go to the five plot elements. The five plot elements are, of course, quick reveal, the introduction or exposition, which is the opening of the story, where the scene is set, the characters are introduced, the plot is set into motion, and the story is kind of grounded in whatever universe it's supposed to be in. 
The rising action is where stuff starts to happen. Conflicts are becoming more apparent. Characters are starting to clash. You're sort of figuring out who's who. And events are in motion, headed toward the peak of the story, which of course is the climax. The ultimate conflict of the story, where protagonist and antagonist have their showdown. And the outcome of that is going to determine how the story is going to end. We head towards the ending by way of the falling action, where the ramifications of the climax are felt. Things are starting to wind down. We're gliding towards the resolution or denouement, which is basically just the end of the story, where hopefully the plot points are wrapped up, all loose ends are tightened, and the story can come to what is hopefully a satisfactory conclusion. So, as I think about the three little pigs in general, and this game in particular, here's kind of what I'm thinking. The setup for the story is this. Bigelow B. Wolf had issues, and he knew it. Everyone knew it. Among his list of resentments was how the other side of his family, the Wolfensteins, had cut him out of that sweet video game cash they were rolling in. Oh well, being a landlord is fun too. Really. So fun. Who needs international acclaim, cool weapons, and living life on the edge as the world explodes around you when you go to a new get to go to a tenant's house and snake their toilet at 3 a.m. while their kid screams in your ear and their cat pees on your foot? And Big Low Wolf had some nice properties too. Homes for every budget, from straw to wood to brick. Yep, he was sitting kind of pretty. Alright, so we've been introduced to our protagonist, Bigelow B. Wolf. Um, he's a little uptight, but he's just trying to make his way in the world. Maybe stick it to his cousins, the Wolfensteins, and just make a little money as a landlord. But then things start to happen. The rising action kicks into rising gear, if that's a thing. But then those pigs showed up. They seemed nice enough at first. One was a military man, Link Hogthrob. Another one was named Julius something. He was in medical school. The girl pig that was with them was in the military too. Got the impression that she worked for that Link Hogthrob guy and didn't necessarily like it a whole lot. And she was kind of bossy anyway. I can't imagine her taking orders from anybody. Each one of them took one of my three houses. So I was all booked up contracts were signed, I thought I was set. Take that, Richie Rich Wolfenstein jerks. But then, those pigs went hog wild. Every night the cops had to go out there. Bacon runs that tear up the lawn. All night hog calling parties. Ham hocking for hours on end. And believe me, you don't even want to know what that is. Bigelow tried to talk to them, tried to get them to knock it off, but they wouldn't listen. Finally, he had to, had to take them to court to try and get them evicted. But he lost. The problem was, Boss Hogg owns this entire town, including the magistrates. So what was Bigelow going to do? He had to get these tenants out so he could get some tenants that would actually pay and not ruin the neighborhood. Alright, so conflict has become apparent. We know who the antagonists are. These three mysterious pigs and their strange, wild hippie ways. So we're obviously headed for a showdown. We're obviously headed for a climax. Well, Bigelow isn't a proud man. With dignity he had, he signed away with his share of the licensing agreement for the Wolfensteins years ago. So Bigelow isn't proud of this, and as a precaution, given the remaining potential for legal action, he's going to deny it completely. But that wolf huffed, and he puffed, 
and he blew each of those pigs' houses down. Though the girl pig did try to karate chop him a few times. And he thought that would be the end of it finally. Yes, he destroyed the houses, but he could rebuild. The important thing was that those pigs were gone. But then, like, the next day he'd come back, and they were there rebuilding. So, you know, thanks for rebuilding the house, houses, but come on, he just wanted these pigs out of there. Falling action. Things are, we've had our conflict, we've had our showdown, he's blown the houses down, huffed and puffed, but to, to what end? Falling action. Things are starting to wind down now. Eventually, the pigs just moved out on their own. There was a rumor that the pigs had gone to work at some place called Swine Trek, uh, some sort of aerospace company doing supply runs to the International Space Station. They had plans to launch the first pigs into space. When pigs fly, indeed. And now the ending, the resolution, the denouement. Hollywood is finally getting that long-awaited Teen Wolf 3 movie off the ground, and they've hired Bigelow B. Wolf as a consultant. Bigelow's going Hollywood. Eat that, Wolfensteins. And that, kids, concludes story time. Now go to bed, little darlings. And that's our show. My thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. You can email Atari Bytes at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. You can find show notes, other episodes, and various other links at ataribytes.libsyn.com. The show is available on Stitcher, Google Play Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of other podcatchers. Go look for it. You can probably find it. If your podcatcher of choice doesn't have it, well, demand it. And when the auction is offered, like in iTunes, please do leave a review. Leaving reviews helps our rankings, and few people know that it also causes maple bacon donuts to ooze from the walls. Mmm. Wall ooze. <sighs> you can like Atari Bytes on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Atari Bytes, B-Y-T-E-S, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can also help support the show financially on our Patreon page and by shopping at our Zazzle store, AB underscore pod underscore store. And if the wolf that darkens your soul of straw will allow it, check out my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, for all things animated peanuts. A new episode drops on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bytes. Defender! So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. He'll blow a little hole there, then a little hole, a little hole the...